On this episode of Geek Out Loud, August is here. It's a new month, which means a new reason to say, hey, pass the cord. On your safe place to geek out, this is the Geek Out Loud podcast. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud. My name is Steve Glosson. So glad to be along with you on a great episode tonight. What is promising to be a fantastic episode of Geek Out Loud. And we have with us tonight my brother from another mother. Let me pull up the right drop to pull him in. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from up the East Coast, he has survived Comic-Con. He has survived the travels to and from Comic-Con. And now he prepares himself, he steals himself for New York Comic Con. As I said already, it's my brother from another mother. The man with whom I love to pass some corn. Eric Schoenweiss, what's up, man? Well, hello there, Steve. Well, hello, Eric. So good to have you on tonight. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Well, thank you. I am uh, really... How are things with you? Things are fine. I'm really excited about our engaging conversation. I think there may be some controversy tonight. Oh, some controversy? Yes, possibly with some of the subjects, and uh, hmm. there may be a rant or two in me. Oh, no. We'll see when we when we start to pass oh. the phone. Oh, <laughs> a rant, you say? Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oscar-caliber actors and quality director making a piece of crap film. Yeah, so I might just have to unleash a rant upon them. Wow. Okay. Well, look, I can't wait to hear what you think is a piece of crap film. Well, the one. Yeah, we'll get to it. Okay. But man, it's been one crazy, exciting, geek-tastic month. How was Comic Con for you? Comic Con for me, I gotta say that. This was, I don't know, like my 11th, maybe 12th year going to San Diego Comic-Con mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then throwing the New York Comic-Cons and other ones I've been to around the country and celebrations and stuff. Yeah. This was the busiest convention I have ever been to. Wow. We were just yeah. slammed at the Delray Star Wars table. Yeah. Booth. It was, and, and in a great way. I mean, we gave away thousands of free books. Mm-hmm. We sold a bunch of books. We had uh, Chuck Wendig, author of the Aftermath trilogy, there with us, and he had, you know, like standing room only signings every day. Good, good. Um, it, so much enthusiasm for Timothy Zahn and Thrawn coming back. Well, and yeah. Canon now. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was fantastic. And then on top of that, I had. Geek out loud and Gulliver's listeners every day coming to the booth yelling past the corn. At least one every day. At least one every day. Yeah, I, t- I took pictures with some of them, yep. tweeted some of them to you, but there were others that, you know, they wanted to 
to remain uh, anonymous and in the background, oh, but still. Come on. Don't, rename, know, don't remain anonymous. Let us know who you well, are. Well, you know, th these days there's some who aren't on Twitter and stuff. I but understand. Just all of them love listening to just geek out loud in general and love listening to us. Uh, my nephew Ethan got praise from another, a number good, of them telling good. us that we need to have him back on again. We do need to have Ethan back on again. So uh, it was just very exciting. And, of course, I get a big kick out of it because my coworkers are like, what is going on? Who, what is, who are these past the corn stuff? So um, it, was, uh, it was just a great convention, a lot of fun. And I got to tell you, I love talking to the Geek Out Loud listeners. It's... They're just so enthusiastic for your show. And yeah, I've, well, Eric, the I've... They just love you in well, general. I, and I, I, love, I appreciate the listening audience. I've said it. A bazillion times, it's the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe. None I, I better. agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. So I, I really, really, uh, I, that excited me. I was glad there were people out there passing the corn and, and everything with you. That and I love seeing the pictures and stuff. Um, and I'll tell and, you, you know, we we told people that if they they yelled past corn at the booth, they were going to get a free book. And I got to tell you, most of them just didn't even want the free book. They just want to come by and yell past. That's the what I'm talking about. See, that's the geek out loud audience, man. They're yeah. like, eh, we're going to have to carry it, read it. <laughs> yeah. I just want to meet Irish. Um, the, uh, it, well, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, I, I could not find anyone to complete the mission of um, snagging those two exclusives that were out at San Diego. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel a little guilty about that because I did snag the two. Yeah, exclusives. but you know what? They went to, but it's they like, went to they went to my youngest. Nephew. That's right. And and look, nephew trumps Fat Steve. They, they every day. actually had the Kylo Ren one there too. Yeah, the yeah. celebration exclusive they had there. So I was mm -hmm. able to get him all three. Awesome. And, and I got to thank Michael Wistock. He two years in a row now. He actually helped me score the the clone troop, not the first order trooper for you last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, awesome. But he's uh, you know, he's one of Uncle Stevie Sansweet's uh, guys, one of the Rancho Obi Wan yeah, guys, yeah. and he's just got some uh, really great connections with Hasbro, mm. and so he was able to, uh, you know, I, I paid him for him, and he was able to to get the three figures awesome, for me. Awesome, well, and they absolutely made my my nephew's day. He was like thrilled with them. That's what it's all about. I gotta say that Obi Wan figure is yeah. freaking awesome. I know. I was really I was really hoping for it. However, I do want to tell you this, Eric, because I know you'll be interested to hear this. I have had someone reach out to me and say they had an extra dinner or so, and they're getting ready to send it to me. Oh, that's cool. So. And not but only, aren't you just going to be able to buy her in like a, a month? Eventually, but it's the packaging and it's the idea of yeah, just having that yeah. thing. Uh, and the Obi Wan will be out eventually, just in the regular packaging without the little Leia table and everything. Oh, but it's the Leia table. It's the coolest thing. It lights up and it has the message. And <laughs> I stuff. know it's like the Melty Vader helmet with the Kylo Ren. So yeah, I was like, oh, Evan, I don't want to give. I, like, I was really tempted <laughs> to not give it to him. But yeah, but he loves that. Kylo Ren. You no, I'm do. talking about the Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it turned out that the Leia table was his favorite thing. I thought it was nice. going to be the Melty Vader helmet, yeah, but yeah. it was the Leia table. Wow. Well, so. the... Um, well, and you saw the picture that I sent you of that, because uh, we talked about that Hot Wheels set. Yes, yes. That was the trench run. Right. And so I, I texted you a picture of that. Wasn't that freaking cool? It looked really, really cool. It did. It really did. I just... I It... it I was torn whether or not to try to get someone to score that for me. I, it just, 
to me the priority ended up being those black series figures yeah um but i'll tell you this let me let me just throw this out out to you and i want to give him a huge shout out he's at darth poncho on the twitter uh ah, fellow darth yeah I like it. exactly uh my new friend dan uh he reached out to me the other day said they were moving and he had an extra get this an extra one six uh scale sideshow yoda a prequel era yoda figure okay these are these sideshow figures Irish, are black series kicked up like five notches all right in the terms of detail and customizability yeah, i like, think i have a uh i've got a sideshow cobra command yes and I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, just I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it off your hands. What do you want for it? He's like, just want to send it to you, bro. Just want to nice. send it to you. So, super. You live in a magical world, dude. I, it, I mean, I was blown away. And so, I've got to open him up and get him on display because it's he's got to play good. with them, baby. He's too good to leave sitting in that box. I'll tell you yes, that right now. Is. Yeah, he wants to be played with. While we're talking about, um, while we're talking about toys and stuff, Irish, uh, we've got a new sponsor, at Geek Out Loud. We do a, a new way for you to you the the podcast listening audience to support the uh, the show. And I go out to the left coast for like a week, and I come back, and everybody's having delusions of grandeur. Well, we had our best month ever on uh, Amazon last last month. Nice, yeah. So and uh, and of course, you can still use those Amazon links, and we want you to continue to use the Amazon links at um, at, at uh, geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com, but. We are proud. Everybody just take a break right now. Yeah. Use the Amazon link. Go on there and pre-order Timothy Zahn's Thrawn book. Yes. Oh, that's a great idea. Benefit both of us. Fantastic. Yes. Um, but we are uh, we we are also now joined by thinkgeek.com. Nice. Thinkgeek.com is a fan freaking tastic website and i've been surprised at how few people have actually heard of think geek this website is amazing and and the stuff they have is just phenomenal gifts for the geek in your life or gifts for yourself if you're a geek um there is a product that i want to mention and it's going to surprise everyone that i'm mentioning it because of the the property under which it falls but it is the 50th anniversary of this property and i feel like it needs to be mentioned they've got a great transporter room bath mat and curtain shower curtain set star trek transporter room and bath mat shower curtain set that you just uh you string the shower curtain up it looks like you're in the transporter room and there's a little bath mat that has like a little transporter it looks like a transporter pad can and, steve come out to play yeah he's in the transporter bath he's in the- <laughs> oh, where are they holding him down exactly Exactly. So, um, well, it's funny that you should mention the transporter bath mat because I saw something on there the other day that just freaking blew my mind. What was that? It's a Borg cube mini fridge, like for your office. Yes, yes. It holds like it only it holds like a, like a twelve pack of like soda cans, mm-hmm. but it's shaped like the freaking Borg cube, and it lights up like the Borg cube. And I just I happen to be like like checking it out because like you said there's a ton of really cool stuff on that on ThinkGeek, mm-hmm. and I was just like I was so tempted to just hit click and buy, like I need a board cube, but I just there's no room in my cubicle for it. Right. And then I noticed that they had an even slightly larger mini fridge that's Han Solo and Carbonite, 
and that lights up too. Yes. It lights up like you know when the, when Leia frees him <laughs> right. and he gets all glowy. Right. Like it lights up like that, and that holds like a twenty-four pack of soda can. Yep. It's uh, they've got so much cool stuff over there, dude. It is it is fantastic, and and it's not chintzy. It's not um, it's not going to be something that easily breaks. Every licensed item they have is officially licensed. Uh, they have some stuff that's just for the. Uh, for the if you're more of a nerd than a geek, they've got stuff for you. You know, it's just it is. They have like survival stuff on there. Yeah, they run the gamut of all kinds of electronic gadgets and watches and uh, USB chargers for your car. They've got a great um, uh, little BB-8 car charger for USB. It fits down your cup holder, and he just sits there and moves his little I head saw around. That. And they got an R2. They got an yep. R2D2. They've got an R2D2, and they've got a flux capacitor USB car charger for the uh for the back to the future fans but yeah so you can use the link at uh, geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com to uh, head over to thinkgeek.com do shopping like you normally would there and it helps the shows out and we really want them to know that because i've never heard anyone else mention um that they have a that they're a think geek affiliate on any podcast that i listen to and i listen to a lot and uh, i would just I want to say, guys, if you use that link so they'll know that it matters that they are part of the Goliverse, uh, I would greatly appreciate that if you do anything geek shopping. So head that way. Tell them Steve sent you. Yeah, tell them Steve sent you. Be like, I listened to Geek Out Loud. Steve Steve sent me, I think. Give, give him a pass the corn when you make a purchase. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, well, I mean, I, I don't mean to make like I'm really excited for you about this. This yeah, is great. Yeah, it's really cool. So I was glad to get approval to be an affiliate because so many have turned us away in the past, ladies and gentlemen. I do not kid. I kid you not. Uh, and I'm really excited for Think Geek to have you as an affiliate. Well, they they should be excited. as what I feel they like. Should be. Um, I have one other shout out I got to give Erish before we get too deep into things, and and that is to NT Collectibles in Rockmart, Georgia. Um, I happened to stumble upon this place this afternoon on just trying to make a toy run and a trading card run, and um, and stum- Steve made a new bestie. I stumbled into this place, and uh, it's just a really well kept store. They got a great selection of um, uh, back issues of comics, games, different vintage games. Uh, video games and such as Star Wars figures, Marvel figures. And what I really dug about this guy is he's not scalping prices. He's not one of these folks that uh, that are, they're going to scalp you to death. And um, and so he, uh, and, and I was even talking to him about some Black Series figures he had sitting on display for like 20 bucks. He's like, why would I charge more for that? That's what they cost on retail. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, you're, you know. you're already getting scalped. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, I'm not going to. Remember when action figures used to be like $2.30? Right. Well, not the six-inch ones, were they? Well, no. Who played with six-inch action figures? The Migos. Like, we... You're old enough to remember Migos? Yeah, but I didn't play with Migos. Okay. Migos were like all cheap and chintzy. Wow. Hey, now. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> I told you there was going to be some controversy. Wow, tonight. that is contra- that is controversy there, sir. I, is... Look, I don't know. I just I missed out on the Mego phase. Okay. For me, it yep. was you know the three and three quarter inch, the I Star Wars and GI Joe. Well, he's got a ton of uh, old school GI Joe stuff and some GI Joe con exclusives there that you know he was showing me and everything. And it's just a really neat, like I say. And what I really dug about it is how well kept the store is. 
So, um, and that I, I really greatly appreciated that aspect of it. So, NT Collectibles, you can find them and kind of there's some pictures of the store and some of the items they have on on Facebook. So, look them up on Facebook. Tell them you heard about them on Geek Out Loud, and uh, and just let them know that, uh, that, that that they got talked about. And so, I get nothing from it other than just I really enjoyed being there today. Bought a few Star Wars figures. And, uh, Give him a hearty pass the corn as you walk through the door. That's right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Just be like, pass the corn. And be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and if you're in North Georgia, ever over in the Rock Mart area, check them out. A little bit south of Rome, Georgia. So uh, that's that's what I got, shout-out wise, Erish. Um, and, uh, and right now, as far as plugs go, that that's kind of what I got. But uh, I do want to tell you, just right out of the gate, is, well, you know what? Let's pass the corn, Erish. <laughs> How about what? that? No, let's talk about some geek stuff. All right, what else you got? Because, you know, even though I get to go I go to San Diego Comic-Con, yeah. I don't know what happens at San Diego Comic-Con oh, okay. basically until That's I true. get home. That's true. That's true. What, what, so, what, like, anything blow your hair back? And I get home and I realize that there was a freaking really good Justice League trailer. Yes, sir. Yes, was sir. was like... Right? Uh, are you kidding me? Like you guys are gonna suck me back into this again? Right. Um, a really good Wonder Woman trailer. Yeah. Um, my favorite trailer of the whole con was Kong Skull Island, and you know, you and I tweeted about the texted about this already, and mm -hmm. folks, Steve just does not like giant monkeys. I guess not. So he doesn't like Star Wars and he doesn't like giant monkeys, but he didn't feel the love for Kong Skull Island the way I did. Um, but that Justice League trailer was just so good. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was amazing. It was. It was everything I've wanted a Justice League trailer to be. Because it was focused on the characters, mm -hmm. and that's when Justice League is at its best. When it's about these iconic characters who are all very different from one another, interacting with each other. Right. Right. Um, you know, some of the best Justice League comics were the ones that were focused on the characters, the, the, the cartoon series, the, the various ones have been at their best when it's about the characters. And that was really what I felt Batman versus Superman was lacking was the, the characters just weren't right. Yeah. And, and you know, I watched I watched BVS again on the flight back from the left coast mm -hmm. and you know, because I got to kill six hours on a plane. <laughs> Did you watch the extended version? No, they didn't have the extended okay. version. So it was just, and, and granted, I didn't, I jumped into it like midway through. So okay. at the, right. the Senate bombing. Yeah. If I had to watch the whole opening of it, I think I would have just gone mad. Not necessarily. Not with that extended version. All right. Well, I haven't seen the extended version. Yeah. It's going to take me a while before I, I understand. get to that. Listen, I understand. I'm not going to try to push it on you, but I will say this. Oh, I do want to see it. It makes it a I've better. That it adds a lot. It to does. The, it makes it a film. better movie. Makes it a lot more coherent. You do get a little more character stuff with all of your people, and um, yeah, it's a lot. It's it's a, It makes it a better film. But just the you know the the scenes with Bruce going around that scene with the Flash was great. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you know I know that Ezra Miller's kind of taking a little beating here and there, and people aren't into the costume. But I like the kid. I like him as an actor. He was fantastic in Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, so I'm looking forward to what he's going to bring to that character. I like um, I like what he did on screen with Affleck. You know Bruce Wayne. Um, that I just that like the a, line where he's like, "I need friends." Yeah, that went a <laughs> long way for me. 
Yep. Um, to to warm me up to Ezra Miller as a Flash. Still love Grant Gustin. Still, yeah. you know, still wish but we can have them both. Right. Right. Um, so the Arthur Curry stuff was great. Um, I just like the stare, like the stare down between the two of them mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, I, I don't know. It's got me really excited for this now. Yes. So I am very hopeful. Hopeful once again. And likewise with the Wonder Woman trailer. Just a fantastic trailer. I love that it's World War One period. Um, her costume looks fantastic. The the la- and, and granted, she used the lasso on BVS, but I never really noticed it the way I did in this trailer. Right, me either. And I, I, I completely agree. Well, number one, they did a great close-up of it not in use just kind of hanging on her hip right but you know, when she's using it it just seemed to pop it popped a lot, a lot more, more. yeah well she popped a lot BBS. more her i said that to someone else her costume pops a lot more off the screen it looked uh, a little bit it looked a little bit different the colors looked a little bit brighter yeah, more vibrant the exactly blue and the red yep. were more vibrant and yep. it wasn't as dark and, and the, the hues subdued as they right. were and bvs yep completely um, agree completely agree i was absolutely look look, if you're gonna get stranded on a desert island like what a great way to start it off like waking up with gail godot hanging over you heck yeah heck yeah (laughs) yeah the only thing about this whole deal that kind of bothers me and it's not a it's not a nitpick it's not me saying i don't like it it's just that i wish i really do wish that it would be set a little further closer to our time because i hate that Chris Pine isn't going to be around maybe for sequels and that sort of thing. Um, mm. Unless there's some kind of time loop. Because I like Chris Pine. I really enjoy him on on the screen. Well, what hopefully what they'll be able to do with Wonder Woman that I was hoping they were going to do with Captain America, although after the last two Cap movies, I'm not sad that they're not doing it. But, you know, you've got Wonder Woman in the present day in the Justice League movies and, you know, run around Superman and stuff. So if you're going to keep making solo Wonder Woman movies, keep hers in the past like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that there's potential there. And I think that that would be kind of interesting. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Sorry, I'm... And who I'm... knows, maybe Chris Pine will get his own tv show all uh uh agent carter yeah well that'd be that'd be cool i, I <laughs> that mean it would be very cool i doubt it happens but that'd be cool yeah, he's too big for a tv show yeah um but he's no Chris Pine. so the wonder woman situation the justice league situation great you got really jazzed about the kong thing huh he just seems way too big Kong was not what got me jazzed about the kong skull island trailer all right i just i love the whole I love the Apocalypse Now feel of it. You know, this kind of 70s, like, war movie sort of feel to it. I love, you know, just the the colors and the, the shot of the helicopters flying in. And then, what? Here comes, like, a freaking palm tree flying through the window of it, knocking it down. I love the scene, I, I, the cast. I love the scene with Samuel L. Jackson, like, you are going to tell me the truth about everything or I'm going to blow your head off. <laughs> You know, and then like they can't, and then like the camera opens up, and it's freaking John Goodman sitting there. Right, right. You know, it's just especially John Goodman sitting there after how good John Goodman was in Ten Cloverfield Lane. Haven't um, seen it yet. Haven't had a chance to see it yet. Gotta see it. So good. I may rent it tonight. I may watch it tonight. Rent it tonight. Um, but yeah, it just it had me really excited. 
You know, I like the the bloody giant monkey print on the uh, on the cliffside. Good. Um, so good. Yeah, he was big. And look, the whole point of this is that this giant, the giant monsters are going to be legendary's mm-hmm. new franchise. Yeah. You know, well, let so me this ask, is let me this is all this. about setting up the Kong versus Godzilla. All right, then. You know what? I'm there. I'm on board. That's what seriously. That's what this is about. Well. They're, this is going to, I think they're doing this, and then there might be another Godzilla movie, and then the idea is that eventually they get to King Kong versus Godzilla. Yes. Well, let's do it. Let's do it right now. Um, and I definitely think that it's going to be more than Kong that we're going to see on that island. Sure. Too. Oh, I really? I think that there's other giant monsters on oh, this Oh, so like a Mothra? Possibly, yeah. I mean, look, we, we hinted there were dinosaur bones all over the place. I mean, one of the characters was standing in the middle of a Triceratops skull. But from what I read a couple of years ago when this was first greenlit was that, you know, they're going to make all these giant monster movies. This is going to be their, their giant monster cinematic universe. I'm in. I'm in. I'm um, in. And kind of Godzilla started it, and then they're going back and rebooting it the kong thing with this movie and it's just gonna be about all these giant monsters fighting each other and stuff so listen to steal from carissa when will then be now (laughs) i am in i say hurry up and do your thing and uh and and have it come on once once every six months let's get a giant monster movie in theaters well, I mean, there certainly could be seeds planted in this one. I'm so. down like a clown, Charlie Brown. Are we talking about maybe Gamera? Giant I don't turtle? Know. I, I, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be all those like kind of classic let's Japanese name, Well, let's Godzilla name Let's name all the giant monsters that it could possibly be just to get ourselves excited. Um, Rancor? Now, who is that? <laughs> the Rancor. Oh, okay. A Rancor. Oh, that's right. Rancor. Okay. <laughs> Ranker. Uh, 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 Godzilla. Why would Mechagodzilla be on Monster Island? I don't know. Maybe they send him there to fight the other monsters. Okay. Gojira. Oh, that's Godzilla. Well, what's that's the, Godzilla. What's the three-headed one called? Uh, King Ghidorah. Well, Ghidorah. We're going to have to look to the chat to help us out here yeah. because I, I'm... A font of emptiness. All right. right well, now. I'm going to say Ghidorah or Ghidorah, Ghidorah, uh, the Kraken from Clash of the Titans. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Release the Kraken. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, the Abominable Snowman from the Rankin Bass, uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I want to see the the Roland Emmerich Matthew Broderick Godzilla just yes. so get torn apart instantly. Yes. Well, you know that the Japanese did that. The Toho Films did that. Oh, with, they did that? They did it in a movie called Godzilla Final Wars. And, and he just fought all the other guys. He's just going around fighting all these monsters. And one of them just happens to be the 1998 Godzilla, and he just decimates him immediately. Nice. Yeah. So, nice. Rodan would be yes. in that mess. Yeah. Uh, D- Devastator. All the Constructicons formed together to form Devastator. Any of the Dinobots. Uh <laughs> Now we're just now we're just playing in Steve's room as an eight year old. Yes, we are. <laughs> now we're just in eight year old Steve's bedroom. <laughs> well, look, we gotta throw Voltron in there. Oh man! Well, yeah, go ahead and let's get Pacific Rim in on this mess and have the Pacific Rim people show up uh, to to fight him, to to do their thing, do their stuff, take him out, take him down. I, I'm down with that. 
Oh. Down with that. And then Cthulhu shows up at the end and just destroys all. <sighs> Screw you, take my money. Just take my money. Oh, man. So, anyhow. <laughs> so, did you watch the uh, the little homework assignment I texted you? I to? did. I sat there and watched it. Uh, it's not something I feel comfortable playing on the on the show. Because we're a family friendly. Because it's show. family friendly, a little bit of language in it. Um, but it's it. What's it? The Rockachu, Pokey Rock. Pokey Rock. So basically, somebody the Rock has started his own YouTube channel. Um, and look, quite honestly, if you're not following the Rock on Instagram, you got to do it because his Instagram posts are amazing. They're either inspirational or they're like these awesome behind the scenes clips from Fast Eight where he's just talking about Hobbs just destroying everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but on his YouTube channel, somebody got, they got the guy who sang the original Pokemon cartoon theme song right. to come in and sing this song. It's a parody song called Pokey Rock. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about how The Rock, and they have like this whole animated thing that goes along with it and all these little animated versions of The Rock is like a Pokemon character. And they call him Pokey Rock, and basically, just he turns all the others, all everyone else, into jabronis. Um, and it's hysterical. Pokey and Rock it, is just the best, and I'm a jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> Pokey Rock, got it. You can't catch the rock. <laughs> it's you or me, you candy butt jabroni. <laughs> and they're basically putting the rock into like all like the, the rock is getting a medal at the medal ceremony yep. at the end of A New Hope. The Rock is like that famous Oscar picture of Angelina Jolie with her legs sticking yep. out. Like it's revealed that The Rock is standing under there, like next to her leg, little mini rock. And that, it, that, it's very funny. That so, jerk stole my Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically just swept through our offices. That's funny. Um, and That's... it gets stuck in your head. You can't get it out of your head. Pokey Rock! Mm, I'm not. Yeah, head, I can't. So. Uh... I don't know. I it, it's funny. It was funny stuff, but I the line that got me was that beep stole my Pikachu. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know you're you're probably running around catching the Pokemon. Right, I'm not. Steve? I'm not doing the Pokemon Go, Irish. Um, you're not doing the Pokemon Go. I've had a lot to say about it on the Big Honkin' Show because I don't. I'm listen. I'm all for people playing Pokemon Go. I, I, it's their business, and I and I'm glad they do it. But what I don't like are these idiots who are causing wrecks, who are jumping over fences at zoos, who are going into uh, cemeteries at night and getting stuck in trees because they're trying to catch them all. Yeah. That's that's the kind of stuff that gets me. I'm like, just stop. Just go home and go to sleep. But <laughs> but I'm all for people playing Pokemon Go. That's not It's not about the game itself. It's about the idiots who ruin everything. You know, there's always some yep. stupid person going to ruin everything for everybody. So, um, but yeah, no, so I hadn't been playing. Pokemon is way after my time. I, po- Me too. Pokemon's one of those just, things that I just didn't get. Neither did I. Yeah. I'm just like, what is this madness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was, the thing is though, I know that if I ended up playing one of those video games, I'd end up getting addicted. Oh, uh, my nephews are playing it like crazy. Well, it's I'm just like, talking about like the original. Kept, oh, the original? Yeah. I'm talking about like the new thing. It's kept them sane this summer. Really? 
Yeah. Keeps well, them outside. They're always outside looking I, for Pokemon. Yeah, I know a lot of people are, that's the thing. It's keeping them outside and keeping them active and walking about and everything. So that's good. You know, I maybe I should start playing it. Go looking for some Pokemon in the neighborhood. Take 30 minutes a day to go look for Pokemon. It'll be a good way for you to get to know uh, North Georgia. Well, you know, I I know the new community. Yeah, I don't really need to know people in the community. You can be the Pokemon about town. That's right, the Instead Pokemon the master. The gentleman Pokemon about town. Be the gentleman Pokemon master about town. Yep. Yeah, that'll that'll will do that. I'll do that. Uh, well, Erish, now let's pass the corn. Sure. All right. Pass the, the corn. corn. I wanted to say it with him. Uh, so, uh, because of the Olympics, uh, kind of a light month for movies this month. Yeah. Well, I mean, August, you usually have like one big, big movie that comes out. Mm-hmm. You know, like a Jason Bourne or, or a Guardians of the Galaxy or right. something like that. But, yes, definitely with the Olympics starting up tonight. Mm-hmm. Um you know, they tend to, it, it's going to be a lighter, it probably will be a lighter month at the box office. So, yeah, well, why, why, why put your, why put a big product out when, uh, you know, you're dealing with not only the Olympics, but the last the people taking the last remnants of their summer vacation and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah. well, as of today, this time of recording, these, these movies have been released nine lives, which is basically the shaggy dog with a cat, right? Yeah, and here, here, can I rant now? Yes, please. Uh, seriously, like I wish I had the the Game of Thrones shame bell to play for anyone <laughs> who had any involvement in making shame. this movie. Shame, 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 shame. shame. Uh, look, Kevin Spacey plays what? What they write? An uptight businessman is transported into the body of his family's house cat. Mm. Now, look, there's potential for comedy here right uh, unfortunately nobody thought to include any comedy in this the trailer is horrible and just it just makes you just feel shame for everyone involved in this shame and we're talking kevin spacey christopher walken jennifer gardner i mean two oscar winners shame it's directed by Barry Sonnenfeld. Shame. Shorty, the Adams Family movies, Men in Black. Shame. Shame. Different. Shame. Seven <laughs> percent score on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Seven percent. You're a. I want to like you, but you're a cat. Uh, Susan Wolznaya from RogerEbert.com wrote, let's just say I've been to wakes that have elicited more laughs. Oh, wow. Now, I have been to some funny funerals. Uh, the critic from Entertainment Weekly, to add insult to injury, the film actually opens with a montage of renowned cat videos. Oh, that's good. That's the most entertaining part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, here's what I, here's the challenge. If you see this movie and you like it, please let us know. No, 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 don't, do not go see this I'm not movie. saying go see it. I'm saying that if by some chance you find yourself seeing this movie and you like it, let us know. 
if you find yourself seeing this movie, chances are somebody's got you tied up in a basement with like toothpicks in your eyes and they're forcing you to watch this. He turned into a cat. <laughs> so, so what you're telling me is... All of these people could have put their energy into making a good movie. Your husband is a cat. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird. It's a weird thing. I didn't. The only reason I was even aware of this movie is because of this, uh, the show notes you sent me. And then it was playing today at the movie theater. And I'm like, and I'd forgotten about reading about this. And I'm like, what in the world is Nine Lives? What is this crap? And uh, and so I did not. Yeah. And then I saw Shame. this. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, indeed. Shame, Shame. for sure. Shame. Um just makes me sad also opening today Irish, and this is one we got to talk about for a minute yes we do the suicide squad now Irish, you've been looking forward to this movie i have been looking forward to this movie the problem is the reviews of the last two weeks have kind of changed my mind about seeing it yeah well let me just say so this let me you, just you went and saw it today yeah correct? let me say this and and i want to make clear that I am now in a position that I feel so comfortable being in. I don't like being the guy who goes and sees something and agrees with everybody else. I've always prided myself on this show of like, I pretty much like anything. Um, and it's nice to be in a position, that position again, where I don't know what movie these critics watched, but the one I watched is the best, is the best DC movie of the new generation. Okay. I'm going to take the position of, the person who was really excited to see this mm -hmm. and then started seeing reviews like this. Mm -hmm. It's like looking forward to Christmas all year and then waking up on the big day to find Santa Claus sprawled out dead under your tree. I totally that's, disagree that's with that. That's Kurt Loder who wrote that. Wow. I totally disagree with that. I, to I completely disagree with that. It, it, how do you feel about Will Smith? I used to like Will Smith, but yeah. now I'm like, meh. Will Smith's not the reason that I want to go see this movie. Well, here's the thing. Will, Will Smith, Smith was never the reason I wanted to go well, see Well, Will movie. Smith is very front and center in this movie, but it's Will Smith that I like. He's not okay. too he's not too quippy, he's not too silly. So when he does get a line in, it lands and it lands well. Uh, well, he better not be too silly. He's playing Deadshot. He is, and he's playing Deadshot with a heart like we've never seen Deadshot be played with. Um, okay. Um, there's suicide squad amounts to an all out attack on the whole idea of entertainment that it, came from the wall street journal. I, I disagree. Comple I was completely entertained. Margot Robbie's, uh, Harley Quinn was fantastic. It was a great introduction to her on the screen for the first time in, in live action form. Uh, Mike LaSalle from the San Francisco Chronicle. If you know someone you really can't stand, not someone you dislike, not someone who rubs you the wrong way, but someone you really loathe and detest, send that person a ticket for Suicide Squad. I don't understand that vitriol at all. I had such a good time with this movie. These and, are the and, nice ones. Well, and that's the thing. I know. I know. But I'm telling you that, and I mean this with all sincerity, the only problem I had with this movie was Jared Leto's Joker. I don't like Jared Leto's Joker. Okay. He's a little too Scarface, not enough Joker. Um, but that being said, he's not in the movie all that much. That's what I heard. And one of the one of the reviews was that he is in the movie so little that it's frustrating. 
It's not, no, but he's, here's the thing. This is what's great about it. And see, and that, to me, that's an ignorant statement that person made because he is ever present in this movie. Okay. Though he's not on screen, he's ever present. And, and it's like, it's almost a countdown in some ways uh, with, with him. It is, it is this movie I, I had fun with. I was entertained. They made Killer Croc an enjoyable character. Um, and that's something that I didn't think was able to be done. They held the camera freaking steady. Um, you know, it was, I, I, and honestly, from a structural standpoint, I know there's been all kinds of editing and all kinds of, of cuts made and everything. And I, and I want to talk about this, uh, this, this article you sent me from the Hollywood Reporter. Well, you didn't just send it to me. Other people had sent it to me from the Hollywood Reporter. But I don't. I did not see structural issues in editing or anything in this movie. Okay, well, let me ask you this because the, the very the first trailer they released for this really underwhelmed me. Yes. Had me worried, and I was basically like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. Then Agreed. they started Guardians of the Galaxy, the trailers, right. yep. and they started putting the the pop songs. Yeah. On. Yeah, you know, ballroom blitz, and mm-hmm. we are. Uh, I think there was oh, Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, the trailers, the trailers got better. And mm-hmm. granted, they picked great songs, but right. the movie just looked a lot more entertaining. Yeah. And that's when I started changing my mind about it. Like, all right, I really want to see this. Yeah. To the point where I just stopped watching anything that they put out because I'd already made up my mind that I wanted to see this. Um, you know, in my mind, it's like. All right, this is going to be the fun DCU movie that I was hoping to get with Batman and and Superman and stuff like that. And then, you know, I come back from Comic-Con and I start all these reviews start popping up online. And, you know, the Hollywood Reporter article and other pieces talking about, you know, the problems with the movie and stuff like that. And now all of a sudden I'm like, you know, like I still haven't seen Ghostbusters yet. I still haven't seen Star Trek yet. It's like maybe I'd rather go see those and just wait on Suicide Squad. So tell me, like, is is the movie is the movie the fun that I saw in the last couple, you know, yes, yes. rock music trailers? Yes, and I think that's why I liked it because I had okay. fun. I had fun. Um I'm not like Margot Robbie looked like she was going to like steal everything. And I was excited to see her. Like, is she fantastic in this? She is incredibly sexy and fantastic. Yes. Okay. And they, I will say this. And, and I, and again, if I, if I'm going to knit and I can nitpick the movie, there are nitpicks, but it doesn't ruin the movie for me. There's too much popular music used within the first 10 minutes. You get three different songs. Wow. And it's like, Okay, that's, that's going for the Guardians. Of yeah, the Galaxy it, it really it really is. But it's all good music. Don't get. I mean, that's the other thing. Right. A lot of good music used, and the score. And here's the other thing: the score when they go to the orchestral stuff is really good, really good. Um, there is a scene in a bar uh, with these people sitting around that is just fantastic that I've has seen clips in the trailer oh so yeah. much heart in that in that moment and what's going on is just amazing they make me care about characters i've never cared about in the dc universe and i think that was what what worked here amanda waller total ba total everything you want her to be just tough doesn't care doesn't doesn't give a flip about what people are saying or thinking doesn't give a flip about these people that are working for her um 
the uh, it, it's just it it's good. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it and had fun with it. And I don't know what movie these critics that have put these uh, reviews out are, are watching. And this is from me, who has been very critical of of the properties that uh, the DC properties that Warner Brother has put out in these first two movies with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. I mean, um, in fairness. Um, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, the, the critic score is only 26%, mm-hmm. but the audience score is 74%. Yeah. So there's clearly a disconnect here. But there is. that said, more critics have seen the movie than audience has at this point. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what those numbers look like come like Monday or Tuesday Well, and that's, what, and that's what kind of bothers me because according to this article from The Hollywood Reporter that you sent me, and I don't understand how this is even possible. But the gist of it is, is this movie is going to have to do seven hundred fifty million to eight hundred million to break even. Well, the movie probably costs two to two hundred and fifty million dollars to make. Right, right off the bat, look at all of the marketing that and there are. I, I you know I walk to work from Penn Station up to the Random House offices every morning, and there is once you hit Times Square, it's just you know like those billboards everywhere. Mm-hmm. There is a block long billboard that is actually like, I think, three or four billboards all told. Wow. There is nothing but Suicide Squad on it. Um, all the TV spots that we've got been getting, you know, that all costs money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've probably put another, they probably put equally the amount of money that they made making the movie into marketing. Movie. Yeah. Well, that's generally what happens, and then you yeah. tack on so then you tack on their editing stuff that they've done, and no telling how much they've paid for edits and re-edits and cuts and recuts. Well, that's part of the production budget for it. Is it though? Yes. Yeah, that this goes into many the, this many edits and everything. Yeah, that's part of the two two hundred and fifty million. Okay. All right. Well, I it just seemed like an it, well, this, and now there's a report too that the movie may not be allowed to be played in China, and if that's the fact, that's really going to hurt them. Yeah, well, there is that. They don't like the mystical stuff in China. Yeah, and that's you know that's potentially two two hundred and fifty million dollars yeah. in box office that they could lose. Yep, yep. It is. It is. It, here's the thing. I also say this that for um, for it's been a long time since I've watched a movie that there's been this much disconnect between critics and audiences. Um. That that trend kind of faded for the longest time, but I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know what movie they saw, because the movie I saw was enjoyable. It was engaging. Right. It had heart. It had it it had everything you want. Had great cameos. Had um had a fantastic cameo that I was not expecting in the middle. Had, I don't want to know. I'm not going to tell you. Had a great mid credit scene. Um, so you know in credit scene that you know and it was i just i really had a blast with it and i can't i if i can't suggest it for kids and that's partly due to how sexualized margot robbie's um harley quinn is but uh you know uh older teens on up it's it's a good it's a good fun movie so uh breaking news here Eris. this just in from variety and this may be something you already knew, and, and you don't have to confirm or deny it if you don't want to, but Jimmy Smith himself has confirmed um, that he's going to be making a, a a cameo appearance in Rogue One as Bail Organa. Nice. Yeah. 
He confirmed nice. it. He confirmed it on the talk, apparently, of all things today. Well, it's an ABC-owned show. So. Yeah. Well, this comes from Variety. Nice. Um, so, I, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I do too. I think that's exciting, and a, and a great uh, link to the prequels. And um, you know, there's been a lot of speculation based on one of the images in the trailer. But anyhow, I just thought I'd bust in with that. So, I'm I'm interested to see how you how you Breaking like. Breaking news right here. Pass the corn, geek out loud. That's right. Now, I will tell you this, too. While we were watching this movie, a storm came up, and it knocked the power of the theater out. So about midway through, uh, we lost the movie for a few minutes, and I had to pee really bad, so that worked out great for me. That's how good this movie was. Is I had to go really Breaking bad. Breaking news, folks. Steve had to pee real bad. But I didn't want to get up to miss it. I didn't want to miss anything. No, you know? That's good. All right. So, so I think that... I think you've sold me. I Good. just gotta, you know, check the movie times this weekend. Yeah. See what time it's playing in the town next door and how that pairs up with the train schedule and yeah. stuff. So well, I still I, may go see Star yeah. Trek first stuff. Oh uh, well, I you know, I'm hoping maybe tomorrow to go see Ghostbusters and Star Trek. So are you gonna do a pay for one, stay for two kind of deal? No, I don't believe in that. Back when I was young and poor. Me too. I, I definitely me believed too. in that. I did too, but now that I've now that I'm a little older and I know better. Yeah. So. And you're a gentleman podcaster about town. That's you right. You want to get that reputation going. That's right. I need to start getting into some press screenings over in the ATL. Yes, you do. How is that not happening already? I don't know. I don't reach out to the right people, Eric. Let's make that happen. Speaking of which, speaking of which, your boy Pablo has blown me off all year long. And it's the 30th anniversary of the Transformers movie this month. We'll talk more about Look, that momentarily. Steve. Pablo's getting bear hugs on stage from Ryan Johnson. I know. I know he's got on solo guys and palling around with Mark Hamill and stuff. You know, he's he's not going to do a little podcast talking about Transformers. I know. I know. Well, I'm not going to buy his little book then. Um, Yes, you are. You're right. Next Friday. He's a Star Wars fan. (laughs) No, I'm talking about this Transformers (laughs) book. Um, Next Friday, Pete's Dragon. We got a double feature for the kids next Friday. I don't know if it's for the kids. <laughs> Peach Dragon remake. Good for uh, it. Yeah, I'll definitely watch this when it's on demand. Yeah. Or on video. I mean, it looks good. I've never seen the original Peach Dragon. What? Yeah. You heard it here, folks. You heard uh, it here. Wait a minute. You do a podcast called Disney Vault Talk. That's right. You've never seen the original Peach Dragon. That's true. There's a lot of the movies we watched on you Disney Vault Talk. You need to be Talk. replaced on that show. I've been saying that since the very beginning, sir. There's a lot of movies on that show that I watched for the first time having just because I was doing the show. Just because I was doing the podcast. Wait, now I'm worried. Do you eat popcorn? Not really. Oh my god! What am I doing? Pass the corn with you for? I don't like popcorn that much. What? No! Yeah. Now you're talking blasphemy. Sorry. So what do you eat in the movie theater? Nothing. You're I'm not, not a raisinets to... person. Oh God, you? no! Who is? Oh, I don't know. Well, for a minute, I thought you might be. No, I don't. I don't. If I'm gonna snack, I'll get some Reese's pieces. Okay. Uh, but I don't generally like to snack in the movie, movie theater. theater snacker. Yeah. I like to just watch. I'm there to watch the movie. I gotta have the bucket of corn yeah. and uh, the cold drink. I'm just not not it's a fan. I end up experience. having to pee these days. I'm getting old. Uh, part of the experience. What does that have to do with me not having seen Pete's Dragon? 
I don't know. Well, because you're doing a Disney podcast and you don't watch Disney movies. So I'm doing Pass the Corn and I don't eat popcorn. podcast called Pass the Popcorn and you don't eat popcorn. Well, you know that Next means... Next thing you know, like the, the Rebels show that you do, you probably don't really watch Rebels. Oh, I love... Make it up as you go along. No, I love me some Rebels, man. And you're probably not even really a wrestling fan. Well, I... Mm. You can't listen to two seconds of Mark out loud and not know that you're a diehard wrestling fan. And I don't like music. Um, well, that's clear if you yeah. listen to that show. If you listen to Rock Out Loud, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, piece of crap. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I didn't. Uh, is is so, the original Pete's Dragon about a little wolf raised boy from the woods? That, no. No, he's not a little wolf boy in the woods. The original Pete's Dragon, like it had a uh, kind of like a you know like a sea village setting to right, it. Right. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, like the kid's father was a fisherman or something like that, and like the dragon lived in the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the dragon was a cartoon. It was animated. Everything else was live action. Right. I didn't know and that. The dragon would become invisible. Um, but yeah, he, he was like kind of, he was a little bit of an outcast kid, but he wasn't like a wolf boy in the woods. Mm-hmm. So, and the dragon wasn't furry. Yeah. He didn't look to be from the animation, but this one yeah. is, this one's all yeah. kind of a furry, almost like a never ending story. Kind of good luck dragon yep. kind of situation, but at least he's green because in some of those early trailers, he didn't look green. Yeah. Um, uh, look, I think it. I'm definitely gonna watch it. Yeah. It's been decades since I've seen the original one, mm-hmm. um, so this one will feel a little bit fresh to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks entertaining. It's got Bobby Redford in it. I'm not crazy about Bryce Dallas Howard though. She just, she's like a vanilla wafer to me. Just shut doesn't do anything. Shut your mouth, man. I I like Bryce. Love her dad, Ronnie Howard, but yeah, yeah, she just doesn't do it. I like her. I think she's just. I think she's cute as a button. Yeah, I'm just not even talking about in like uh, an attractive woman. I just as an actress, I just think she's vanilla wafer bland. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I mean, she's pretty, but the only thing I've honestly seen her do is Gwen Stacy in Jurassic World, so. Well, she was in uh, the M Night Shyamalan movie uh, into the wo- the the one in the woods, the village. She, yeah, she, she was, was the, the blind, blind girl. girl. That's right. Yeah. yeah, she did a good job in that. Yeah, and it wasn't she the water nymph in the other one that he did where the didn't see that building. One. Yeah, didn't, didn't see, see that one. Either. I'd given up on him at that point. Yeah, so had I. <laughs> he let me um, down a little bit too much at that point. Yeah. Um. So also coming out next Friday is this movie Sausage Party. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the, it's the double feature for the kids. Yeah, um, a misplaced sausage and his savory friends embark on an existential adventure through the aisles of a massive supermarket in this raunchy animated comedy from Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Yeah, as the store's annual fourth. I lost you, Erish. Where'd you go? Well, we've lost Erish. Come flooding in to fill their carts. You uh, you dropped out there. I dropped out. Yeah, you dropped out. For, you dropped out between the words, uh, raunchy animated comedy. Between comic, the words, sausage and party. From Goldberg to Carts. 
basically it's the food is alive yeah and well they, listen uh, some of the trailers and they realize that they're gonna get eaten by people yeah some of the trailers i've seen everything's alive yeah you know right it, down it the looks toilet pretty paper. funny yeah i mean it looks like seth rogan you know yeah um it, it looks it looks like well it looks like yeah it looks like seth rogan and seth mcfarland got together and you know but anyhow, I yeah. again, it's another one that if it's on HBO on Saturday night, I will watch it. I may check it out and see what's going on. Um, yeah, but otherwise, I don't. I mean, this is not going to be something that I get excited to go check out. Um, I saw a trailer today for Friday, August nineteenth, Ben Hur, and uh, that that kind of was interesting to see. That's um, that's a remake that no one knew we needed, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I think I said in the notes here that this movie could be the greatest movie in the last 10 years. But if they don't nail the chariot scene, right. none of it's going to matter. Yeah. Because that chariot scene from the original Ben-Hur with Chuck Heston is yeah. just one of the greatest film scenes. Uh. One of the greatest scenes ever put down on film. Oh, see, I've never seen the original Ben-Hur. Um I just googled uh, original Ben Hur chariot race. All right, it's, it's absolutely amazing. It's like ten minutes long, and this was back before there was special effects and CGI. I mean, these are like guys driving these four horse chariots and doing these stunts. And there's, I mean, remember in Gladiator they kind of had the, the, mm-hmm. the chariots in the battle scene in the arena. Take that times a hundred. Yeah. And that's the chariot scene from the original Ben Hur. Um, didn't uh, who who dragged that? Was that a Cecil B. DeMille joint? It might have been. Like it was, you know, one of those big epics yeah. back when Hollywood made big epics. Right, right. Um, but to to today, like that's all that people remember from it is that chariot scene, and it is. I mean, if you had to sit down and list like the ten most famous scenes in the history of cinema, I'm almost positive that that's going to make the top ten of most people's lists. Well, I tell you what, I'm watching uh, a little bit of a clip of, of of the original right now, and this this thing must have gotten released on Blu-ray at some point because I'm looking at at a clip that, that like when it first started, I'm like, what is this? Still, is this a clip from the new one? And then I saw Chuck Hess, and I'm like, oh no, I mean that's yeah, how, I'm that's, sure that's, it's that's gone a- through like a. A Criterion collection. Yeah, that's the that's the clarity like that. of this stuff. It looks yeah. it looks gorgeous to look at this thing. But yeah, there's a lot happening. Um, I mean, eight just, horses. And, and look, you don't even really need to know the story to enjoy mm-hmm. just the epicness of the clip. So if you've never seen it, please just Google, yeah. you know, original Ben Hur chariot race and oh my watch. Gosh. It. I'm. I mean, I'm watching eight horses. Holy cow! There you go. Good night. Like he just. As God is my witness, he's broken in half. Yeah. I mean, that is, uh, that's some crazy stuff. He, they just... It's like real stunts and stuff. Yeah. And this was, you know, it was back before, too. They had the rules about, you know, making sure the animals are all protected and stuff. So, sure. so they could sure just... that there was like the trip wires down and stuff that they used to use to take the horses down. Yeah, they could just kill all the horses they want to, huh? Well, I don't know that they killed the horses. Oh, okay. But, you know, it you know where's and the interesting thing is uh like a, a two months ago or so for this new one the remake they had a whole behind the scenes making of the new chariot race trying to 
get across the message that, you know, we're not using a lot of special effects and stuff. We're trying to do this all practical. Kind of the same way the message for The Force Awakens mm -hmm. was about right. all the, the practical effects, even though it wound up being a ton of CGI. Yeah. Um, but because they know the importance of we've got to deliver on this chariot. Race, right. So. I'm definitely going to have to uh, to to watch this this movie. I think, and I'm going to I want to watch the original before I go see this. Also, just one other thing regarding this. Um, you know what what are we going to do when Morgan Freeman's no longer around to play like the old mentor yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi kind of role in all these movies? I mean, will we turn exclusively? Like, to Liam? Who, who's going to be that new guy? Because it's like every movie that needs that Obi, the old Obi Wan kind of character mm -hmm. in it. It's Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Will Will we turn to Liam Neeson exclusively? I don't see Liam doing it. Liam's like he's too angry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like I don't he, know. We, I think it's something that we need to think about. Like we got to have something a need backup to prepare in ourselves place. for. Yeah. Because basically every year there's a movie with Morgan Freeman playing that kind of mentor, old sage wisdom guy. Well, when you have a voice like I've got, it's hard yeah. not to let people. Yeah. It's and he's hard been for people not to since listen. The, the Kevin Costner uh, Robin Hood movie. <laughs> quick, quick question. Which way is east? Yeah, yeah, but it, seriously, I think that we could go back to that Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie and from there trace forward. And maybe those first few years, it's like every two or three years he plays that role. But certainly in like the last five or ten years, it's almost like every year. I mean, right to the point that he ended up playing that kind of role in some movie. Right up to the point that he eventually played God for crying out loud. Yeah. So. Um, but we've got to find that new guy. Three button, a little two nineties for you, Mister Wayne. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even thought about Lucius Fox in the Batman movies. Ben Hur, Again, that same guy, that that old sage wisdom guy. Ben Hur drove his chariot through a mile of crap <laughs> I don't even want to think about. Uh, so just something for us all to think about as we lay our heads down. Uh, I mean, Principal Joe Clark and Lean on Me in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, but that's... No? A little too tough? A little too rough and tumble? Yeah, I'm thinking more, you know, he's the the he's the he's supporting character. Mm -hmm. when, when our hero is in trouble, he's the guy that speaks truth to power to him. Mm -hmm. He's the guy that has, you know, calmly delivers the wisdom in that sultry kind of voice of his. Yeah. You know, yeah. as he looks to be that same character from the trailer for the, the new Ben-Hur. He's basically playing that. Um I should just IMDB him. Real I'm quick. looking at him right now. I'm looking through all the stuff. Uh, you Start got, throwing some out at us. Well, let me. I mean, I tried to throw out uh, that, but you wouldn't take it. Glory, he played uh, Sergeant Major John Rollins yes, in Glory. Yes, Glory. Totally. Because he was the guy that would speak truth to power to yeah. Denzel Washington. Frederick Douglass in the Civil War in 1990, a miniseries, TV miniseries. You've already mentioned Azim. Let's see what else we got going here. Shawshank Redemption. Of course, that's the yeah, the River of Crap. Um, I, Somerset seven, in seven, seven, yeah. He was the the wise old guy. Yeah. What about as Alex Cross in the Kiss the Girls and the Long Came a Spider movie? I don't remember. No, because yeah. I think he was more the main character in those. Mm -hmm. Million Dollar Baby. 
He oh, was, yeah. you know, the friend to Brute to Clint Eastwood. Yep, yep, yep. Um, we said Lucius Fox in the Batman movies. The the uh, London has fallen and uh, the White House has fallen. He was basically, you know, the the guy who has to assume the presidency and be wise mm. and sage and make the right decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm I'm digging through some of this stuff. Just kind of not quite as uh, not quite as prolific as a um, as a Samuel L. Jackson, but he's getting there. No, but Samuel L. Jackson plays a different a different kind of character. Well, I'm just Samuel saying. L. I'm saying. I'm Samuel talking about L. as far as is the tough badass guy. Well, I'm everything. talking about as far as the number of credits. Because Samuel oh, yeah, L. Jackson no, I'm, I'm says yes about, to everything. Like, this specific kind of role. Right. It's like you know the old mentor. I'm with you. I know what you're talking about. I was just making a completely non sequitur point. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I I see. I don't know. I don't know who's out there at this point in time. Um. As I think, you know, because Anthony Hopkins is just as is just as old as Morgan Freeman, and he yeah, be, but he's be kind of in like a semi-retirement sort right, of thing. Right, exactly. Um, um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, we got to find somebody. You got to find someone with that soothing voice. Yeah, and it can't be somebody who's gonna compete with the A-list actor. Right. They got They got to be confident enough. In their line delivery to know, yes, and yeah. non-threatening right. to yeah. your your Tom Cruises and your Kevin Costner, which I saw a trailer for the new stuff. Reacher movie. By the way, it looks great. It looks amazing. It? I'm really excited for this one because that that book never go back is one of the better Reacher books. Well, I love any moment when someone says, "This is what's about to happen," and then it and happens. then it happens. Yes, yeah. I, I'm a sucker for any of those moments. Yeah, I just watched uh, the first season of Fargo. Have, did, oh. did you watch that show? Yes, it's so good. Second season is even better. Really? Well, the first I'm watching the first. I just finished watching the first season, and there's that whole scene where they pick up Billy Bob Thornton, and Billy Bob Thornton's in the back of the police car, and he's like, "You've made a mistake. That's what you're going to be saying in about an hour." Yeah. And sure enough, he's like, "But you're making a mistake," and he just looks at him, and he's, "Oh, son of a." Yeah. I, I'm a sucker for a moment better. like that. Well, I, I've got to, I got to get my. Uh, my Amazon Prime enabled device hooked up to my TV so I can watch it because it's not on the Hulu. Mm. Uh, we've got uh, War Dogs coming out on the 19th as well. Uh, Miles Teller of Reed Richards fame from Fantastic and Jonah Hill are arms dealers to win a $300 million contract to supply weaponry to U.S. forces in Afghanistan. Um, this movie, I, I've seen the trailer for this and everything, and it looks, uh, yeah, it's one of those interesting movies that, that I'm it looks like. Looks like it could kind of fall into that Charlie Wilson's war exactly. kind of pocket. Exactly. Like, it's a serious subject, but it has a lighter tone yeah. to it. Yeah. It's one of these and movies that I would find myself watching on a Saturday afternoon and just kind yeah. of getting sucked into. Yep. And it, it's directed by Todd Phillips, who I believe did the Hangover movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, if I remember that yeah. correctly, uh, but yeah, it looks decent. And you know, look, I like my Miles Teller a lot. Yeah, I like Jonah Hill a lot. I am I, fat or skinny Jonah Hill. I'm a fan of. I love Jonah Hill and uh, Wolf of Wall Street. He was yeah. fantastic. <laughs> he did a great job in that. Yeah, he did a great job in that. And and of course the uh, twenty twenty one and twenty two Jump Street uh, movies. You know, he's hilarious in. But 
he just he's become a great actor you know mm-hmm. um beyond just the comedy he can do the dramatic stuff and i just i really dig him so i got to, the movie that i love him into is um the one with uh james franco and uh, uh not this just, is the is it this no it's not this yeah is the this end. is the end okay or, or the one with the apocalypse right 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 well that, i get that I confused that with the, the theater uh, and i almost wet myself while i was laughing so hard yeah i get that confused with that in the in there because there was one right around the same time with simon pegg that was basically the same thing, but I think yeah. this was like the end of the world or something like that. Well, the Simon Pegg one was the wasn't that the one where they were going to all the bars? They were doing the bar crawl, and while they're doing yeah. it, the apocalypse yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, but the fun thing about the the Jonah Hill one was he's playing a character. He's playing himself, Jonah Hill. Yeah, he's Jonah Hill. Yeah. Um, and you know they make fun of him for his like when he lost his weight and then gained it all back and stuff and like there's just a lot of funny stuff in it. Yeah. Um. So, I, War Dogs is one of those movies that I'll probably end up watching and be like, guys, I love War Dogs. Like, I just, yeah. that's one of, you know, that I won't see in a theater probably, but it'll end up being on and I'll just like get sucked in and it'll be one of those that I always watch. It'll be one of those Kryptonite movies. Yep. Yeah, it looks I like. I agree. Um, wow. Also, is this the 19th as well? Yeah. Kubo and the Two Strings. Animated movie coming out. Um, Who's doing I wasn't going to put this on there because it's got monkeys in it. I love monkeys, man. <laughs> I love monkeys. <laughs> Kong is an ape. Um, this actually looks kind of cool. It looks like a fun fantasy adventure. It's an animated movie. Um, what studio is doing this? Do you know? Is this a, is this yeah. in like a DreamWorks or anything? Is it? Uh, no, I think it might be. Uh, you know, it might be the Weinstein's or somebody. Okay. Like that. All right. Um, I'm not positive on who's releasing it, um, and I don't know how wide a release it's going to get. Yeah. But it's you know it's got Matthew McConaughey, Charlize Theron, Rooney mm-hmm. Mara, Ray Fiennes. The cast is pretty, you know, that's all A-list Oscar talent yeah. right there. The um, um, and it's just the animation style looks fresh and different. Yeah, it's uh, I'm trying to see focus features. Laika. I've never heard of Laika. L A I K A. So, but fo- I haven't heard of them either. But Focus Features, I'm familiar with. So, yeah. the, wow, that's a new. Seems to be a new company trying to get their get their uh, get their hat thrown into the animation ring, Eric. Yep. So, gee whiz. Um, and then you drop this one on here. That'll be one of those platform releases to look out for on VOD. Yeah, they dropped a couple of them in here. These are just some kind of little gems that you might want to keep an eye out for. Mm-hmm. Um, that probably aren't going to open wide, or um, you know, they're going to be like your midnight specials right. or your uh, everybody wants some. It's a midnight like special. Hell or um, high water first is the first one, one. This first one, I, I I need to see this movie. Look at this cast. Listen, everyone, listen well, to this cast. Well, first off, the name of the movie is Hell or High Water. Uh, yes, I'm sorry, Hell or High Water. The the cast here: Chris Pine, Ben Foster, Jeff freaking Bridges. Uh, right there, I'm done. I mean, what else? Yeah, Taylor. and it's written by the guy who wrote Sicario, mm-hmm. which came out last year, and I absolutely loved. Yeah. Um, it's basically uh, two desperate brothers. Uh, one, a divorced father played by Chris Fine, uh, Chris Pine, mm-hmm. although some people would say he is Chris Fine. He is Chris Fine to me. 
And the hard-living ex-con played by Ben Foster, who is just freaking fantastic yeah. in everything that he does, begin a string of bank robberies in order to raise enough money to protect their family farm from bank foreclosure. An aging sheriff, Jeff Bridges, freaking, come on, right there alone, I want to see exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, tracks the robberies and attempts, attempts to hunt down the criminals in this, in this crime drama written by... Taylor Sheridan, who wrote Sicario. The Sheriff abides, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just got, like, you know, look, you can tell they didn't spend any money on this thing. Right. It's got that gritty, kind of low budget, but, like, just shot gorgeously kind of thing to it. It just, it's got an energy and an edge to it. I've been seeing commercials for it on TV. It just, it freaking looks awesome. I can't wait to see this thing. Yeah, I it, it dude, I, if Jeff Bridges, he's one of those that I love to watch him in just about anything he does. Um Bloodfather, Mel Gibson uh vehicle. I can't wait to see this thing either for completely different reasons, but. Um this is Mel Gibson fighting to protect his estranged daughter played by Aaron Moriarty uh after a boyfriend frames her for stealing money from a drug cartel. So basically, it's Mel Gibson entering that I'm a 60-year-old actor and I need to do the old man action mm -hmm. movie things that Liam Neeson's been doing. Yeah. You know, so he's he's the old guy who's basically retired out in the middle of nowhere. He's, like, running a tattoo shop out of a trailer in the middle of the desert. Yeah. And uh, his daughter, through her boyfriend, gets mixed up with drug cartel guys, and they came knocking on the wrong old man's door. Hmm. And, you know, I think we've talked a number of times on the show that I miss old Mel Gibson movies. Yeah. yeah. I miss Me too. Like, his Lethal Weapon stuff and things like that. I don't. There's been a lot of people do a lot of things that have gotten out of movie jail a lot sooner than Mel Gibson did. Well, but Mel Gibson did did said some really despicable things. There's he been deserved a lot, to be in that jail. There's but, been a lot of people do some some just as equally despicable things, say some yeah. things to their wife and children that that got leaked out. That I'm just like, why is this person now hosting a popular game show on ABC? Yeah, um, you know, and it's just like I don't know. There's something different to to Mel that, um, but you know, I don't know. I am happy to see him back. Though. Yeah, yeah. And I I'm totally gonna see this movie. Yeah. I, I probably will not see it in the theater because. Look, let's be honest, it's probably not going to play in many theaters. Oh, I doubt it. I doubt um, it. But this could be the kind of thing that does well on video on demand or, you know, the Netflixes and stuff. So, And it, it honestly, it looks good. Yeah, yeah, It's the for kind sure. of stuff I want to see Mel doing. Yep. Uh, so look for Bloodfather. Bloodfather. And then finally, a boxing movie. Sucker for boxing movie, man. Uh, Hands of Stone. This is about the boxer Roberto Duran and his trainer Ray Arcel. Um, they co-star legends, both Hall of Famers. Usher Raymond is is playing Sugar Ray Leonard, who Duran another fought, Hall of Famer, who Duran fought in a series of dramatic and historic bouts in the 1980s. So it's a biopic mm -hmm. about Roberto Duran, uh, played by Edgar Ramirez, and uh, Bobby De Niro plays his trainer Ray Arcel. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a huge boxing fan. You know, I watch a little of it now, yeah. and, like, I'm a GGG fan and stuff. I know, uh, you know, I remember seeing a Sugar Ray Leonard fight here or there, and right. I'm 
who doesn't know the you know the rope of dope and stuff that right, he did. Right. Well, um, that was Muhammad Ali. No, but I think Leonard did it also. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but like if you listen to like your Max Kellermans or your Jim Lampley's or any of these guys like wax nostalgic about boxing mm-hmm. sooner or later, they're going to come across talking about Roberto Duran and how great he was and well, what a legendary career he had. So I, that's, yeah, that's I'm not this. a, I'm not a big boxing fan either, but I am a fan of boxing movies and biopics. Well, then this movie is for you. Yes, Steve. sir. I'm looking and at I, And I had a feeling you would be. And that's why I put it on. Well, this. you know me so well, sir. I am looking <laughs> forward. This is from the Weinstein company. This is Harvey and the gang. Yeah. But yeah, and this, this is... could be just with Bobby in it and stuff. This could be one of those ones to get some awards pushes. Well, with Usher playing year. with Usher playing Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah. You know, he could get a supporting actor award. So, yep. um, you know, I, I, this is one I'll definitely try to seek out in some form or another. It looks really interesting to me. Really, really interesting to me. Um, wow. Just looking through this list, I already feel so old. <laughs> Ridiculously it's, old. We, we need a little anniversary movies theme. We do. We really do. Happy anniversary. Uh, yeah, maybe some... Happy anniversary, happy <laughs> anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. anniversary. Yes, definitely. Um, wow, 35 years ago in 1981, Heavy Metal. Now, this is a movie I've never really seen, but it's one of those iconic movies that I can tell you exactly what was on the cover of the v- of the VCR in the rental plate, you know, like it's mm-hmm. it, it was that dude riding that weird bird, exactly. Lizard thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, the heavy metal thing that really kicks in is the South Park episode they did. Did you ever see that one? I don't think so. Where Ken, the kids, Kenny was getting high on like the cat spray. <laughs> and every time that he would get high he would like transport into the heavy metal world and oh, so they would nice. completely animate like his visions in the heavy metal style wow. um and you know the girls with the ginormous ginormous breasts and stuff right and, right right um but uh yeah so for me like that's kind of when i think heavy metal i think of that south park episode yeah <clears throat> um I've never seen it. it. It's just been one of those things that's always been completely off the radar. And I, I always think of that Aeon Flux show that used to be on the, the Liquid TV on yeah, MTV. Kind yeah, kind of heavy metal inspired. Right, right, yeah. right. But man, an American Werewolf in London. Um, that is a, that's a cult classic. I don't even know if it's a cult classic as much as it is a classic. You know classic. what I'm saying? Classic. And, you know, Rick Baker's uh, Werewolf. Yes, yep, yep really one of the first times that we saw like somebody like just absolutely transform from a man into the wolf. Yep. Uh, I believe that he, I'm pretty sure he won an Academy award for that or got a special Oscar for it or something. Um, but that was just so so groundbreaking at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've actually there. You can, you can find that clip on YouTube of that complete transformation. It is, um, it was, it was groundbreaking. You know, because again, you're talking about 1981, no CGI to speak of. It's all done in makeup and, uh, and, and some, you know, all practical, practical effects and and using a little bit of, uh, a little bit of camera trickery to, um, 
you know, to maybe overexpose some things here or there and do some, oh my gosh, just his, him watching his hand. Yeah. You know, there's stretch out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is, uh, it, it, American werewolf in London, classic, classic movie, 35 years ago this month, 30 years ago this month in 1986. Now this is huge. This is a huge year for me. The much maligned, but I still love it. Howard the duck. That is where I developed my crush on Leah Thompson. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. She is the only reason to watch that movie. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> you've got uh, you've got duck boobies. Um, yeah. At one point, you've got um, you've got the dude. You got the principal from uh, Ferris Bueller yeah, turning Jeffrey into Jones. A, turning into a big giant space monster and sticking his tongue all the way into the uh, into the the cigarette lighter of a truck to get some juice to get some power um yeah i listen i i was a kid i didn't know what was a bad movie i just knew that it was a movie and i wanted to watch it and well and it was george lucas it was the guy who had given us star wars that's right he's doing howard the duck i loved it loved it and it's it is it's much maligned but well i love leah thompson yes oh um, so Howard the Duck this, this month, uh, 30 years ago. Also, you want to talk about iconic movies. Stand By Me. Does... Absolutely love this film. And I was so happy to see a little homage to it and Stranger Things also. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, listen. But just, I mean, the cast in this movie is amazing. Mm-hmm. Just the movie itself is amazing. It is. It is. Uh, I'm still stuck on Howard the Duck. I'm sorry. Um, it Stand by Me is the. It's one of the quintessential '80s movies. Um, yes. N- not that it's necessarily set in the '80s, but because of the, because that's when it was released, and it is. Uh, it is a Breakfast Club movie for younger people than teenagers. You know, like this is a movie that you could just get into and watch. Like, oh man, I want to have adventures like these kids had. And go find a dead body somewhere. But the movie still holds today. I oh, think. heck yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I, th- no, when I say quintessential, I mean it's just one of those things that it defined that era of movies. And, yep. you know, it, it is... No, it definitely holds up. Because it's more of a period piece, even for the 80s, it, it holds up. It's timeless. Gosh, I love that movie. Um you got to have the song queued up for the next. Oh, one. I do, but I'm going to jump. I'm going to go You're fly gonna first. It. I'm going to jump right. that and go to Jeff Goldblum's The Fly. I, I wasn't sure to put The Fly on here or not. You know, part of it is again, it was one of those groundbreaking movies. Yeah. Um, you know, the movie as a whole, I don't think is the greatest thing in the world, but just the effects and particularly the makeup in this movie was just so so revolutionary mm-hmm. like his transformation slowly into the fly and yep. peeling parts of himself off and everything that i think that 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 when people think of this movie like that's what they think about well and it was right around this time in my life when i was starting to get into the old universal and horror you know the old black and white horror right. movie stuff and everything and so i knew about the original fly you know where it was basically right. a guy with a big fly head <laughs> <laughs> the old black and white one. And so this, I didn't, I, ne- I didn't get to see this as a kid, you know, because it was too scary for me or whatever. But, um, 
but I, it was definitely on my radar and to this day still on uh still on the radar um it uh it was uh it it's kind of gosh jeff goldbrum so when he starts that transformation and stuff dude he's so freaky yep. he's so freaky and crawling around on the wall and everything yeah yeah. Um You got you the touch. touch. You got you the got power. The this is my movie from 1986, The Transformers. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Transformers the movie hands down it is the greatest uh, animated series to tell to to feature film ever made. Uh, I I love this movie to this day. I love this movie. Um, they did stuff in this movie they had no business doing just because they needed to clear the toy line out. Um, uh, yeah, be- shark decons. Well, beyond killing Optimus Prime, in yeah, the opening it- ten minutes they wipe out everybody from the original first season or two. But. Optimus Prime has one of the best hero deaths. Oh ever. heck yeah, yeah. Well, he... because all the Autobots are getting wiped out, and then here comes Prime. Yeah. With you've got the touch. That's plane, right. That's right. And just transforms and kind of jumps up like yep. Hulk jumps up mm-hmm. through the air with his big giant cannon, and he's just blasting one Decepticon after the next. Oh yeah, you don't have to tell me about it. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. It is one of the greatest things in the world. And then he just comes back down, and then it's like, one shall stand, one one shall shall fall. fall. Why throw away your life so easily, Prime? (laughs) And and then they go at it, and Hot Rod distracts Prime. So so Prime gets shot and killed. But in the meantime, he took Megatron out. Like, Megatron was good as dead, and they threw him off his dead weight, and he had to be reformed as Galvatron. Galvatron. Um man orson wells it's one of his last roles it is his last role. uh well there apparently there's one other thing that never went that never got released that doesn't count okay well i'm just letting you know i heard someone talking about it on a podcast recently that's fine let him talk about it but if nobody ever saw it it doesn't count yeah well orson wells playing himself a giant de- planet devouring monster <laughs> leonard nimoy as the voice of galvatron um there was Judd Nelson. Weird Al Yankovic. Yes, he played. He did. They had Dare to Be Stupid on the soundtrack. The Junkions. It was, it was a. Listen, I love this movie. And the thing about the soundtrack, and I was on. I'll be on Techno Retro Dads this Monday, this coming Monday. Techno Retro Dads podcast talking about this movie with Jedi Schwa and Shaz Bazaar. Um, I'll be talking about this movie with them. The thing about this movie, as a kid, when you heard this soundtrack. It was different from the cartoon, but it made you feel cool. You're like, this is big kid music. You know, you're listening to it, you're like, man, this is big kid music. And um, and and then the movie itself... And just, then the big kid would come in and beat you up because you were listening to Transformers songs. Not at all. They dug it too, man. What <laughs> are you talking about? a different neighborhood than I did. Yeah. Well, most of the kids in the neighborhood my age. So we were able to look around yeah. and say, yeah, this is big kid music. But I mean, it is. It's, it's heavy metal, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, you listen to the uh, even the Transformers theme that's played at the beginning. You know, it's not played like the hoomcha, hoomcha, hoom, Transformers. It's not played yeah. that way. It's played like a it's it's played like a rock and roll this song. This is a freaking movie. 
Right. You're going to the movie theater with a bucket of popcorn and a Coke to watch the Transformers. They got to up the ante. I mean, listen to this. Transformers! I mean, that's some power chords happening, sir. That's some metal. and, and, And the true power of this movie was that many that decades later marky mark singing you got the touch and boogie nights <laughs> did he sing you got the touch or did he sing dare no he sang you got the touch okay all right see i've never really watched all the boogie nights oh. so i know don't start um there's so many geek references in that yeah movie. so that was 30 years ago 20 years ago August of 1996. You got Tin Cup down here. That's your boy Kevin Costner. That's huh? my boy Kevin Costner. I've seen this. I, I've easily seen this movie a hundred times in one piece or another. Is this Kevin Costner and Rene Russo? Yes, this is the golf movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cheech Marin, uh, Don Johnson. Um, you know, nobody's going to remember who won. They're going to remember your twelve. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I just. I love this movie. It's, you know, Ron Shelton doing another sports movie, another sports movie with Kevin Costner, but this one just works on every level for me. Now, I, I got to call you out on something real quick, Erish. Yes. Uh, because you put the notes together. I should have gone through and, and double-checked you here. Did I, did I miss something? 1991, uh, in August of 1991, 25 years ago this month, Slacker was released. Yeah. I just... and, and Slacker's a little indie film. I know. Um, but it is responsible for Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith saw Slacker and said, well, if this is a movie, I can do this. Okay. And uh, and, that, and it really is. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. And if you've ever, and I would encourage people to watch, give it, watch it at least once because it really is an interesting movie. You, the camera just kind of moves. There's some, there's some smart little edits here and there, but the camera just kind of moves and follows one person and then suddenly and then it just kind of trails off from that person follows another person and trails off. well from... and look it was rick link ladder's first movie yeah yeah um you know who did school of rock mm-hmm. who did days and confused who did uh what was it about a boy no not about a boy the boyhood yes um and who had you know one of my most anticipated movies this year uh the the baseball movie um everybody wants some so look, I'm a huge, huge fan of his, but I don't know. Slacker just didn't work for me. Wow. I, I saw it. I saw it. I chose not to put it on there. It's one I, of, didn't, I didn't realize that you were going to catch it. Yeah. Well, it's one of those that uh, that kind of captured my imagination. I also need to give an honorable mention to 20 years ago to one of the worst movies ever made, The Island of Doctor Moreau. Val. I, thought about putting that on there just because the stan winston makeup is so good in it yeah that's the only uh, thing that's the only thing good Mar- in it uh in a marlon brando movie but uh i watched like 10 minutes of that the other day it is just horrible it is ridiculous it was uh marlon brando val kilmer david thulis yeah the reason me and, and my- david thulis is the good guy in the yeah. movie yeah the reason my friends and I went to see this, we were in college and uh, and uh, uh, Veruca, I want to say Veruca Salt, but that's not her name. But um, 
she was in the craft and some other things too. I can't yeah. think of her name right now. Well, we went to go. Sorry. We went to go see this movie in the Dollar Theater because it was playing, and we were just like, "We got to go see this." It's got. We love David Thewlis from Dragonheart, and we loved Val Kilmer because he was Val Kilmer, right? And Marlon Brando for crying out, how can this thing not be good? And we sat through that thing, and we came. We were walking out, and we're like, "What did we? Why? What can we get a dollar back? I mean, this yeah. it costs us a dollar, but I want my dollar back. You know, it was. Oh, I it went was to so see it. Bad. I think I saw it at a dollar theater also, and I went to see it simply for the Stan Winston makeup. Mm. That's why I went to see there it. There is because he got to do all those crazy, like half man, half animal creatures. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Stan Winston, Terminator and all that yeah, stuff. I yeah. was, like, crazy into his work. and So that's why I went to see it. There is a documentary about this about the making of this movie. Um, I can't remember what it's called. It's on... It was on Netflix. And it's just... It's, kind of, it's called Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. It is really interesting. Um because the filmmaker himself was apparently a little bit nuts um, in what he wanted to do and the direction mm. he was trying to take and everything. And so it's really, it's an interesting look at, at the, at how this movie just turned out the way it did. I might have to look for that. It's called Lost Soul, The Doom Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. Hey, real quick, while we're talking about uh, you know, behind the scenes film documentaries. Mm-hmm. I watched one over the weekend called Milius mm-hmm. about uh, the writer director John Milius. Yeah, it's fan freaking tastic. Well, I had someone tell me that they really, could, really good. I had someone tell me they could get their hands on a copy of Sweatbox for me. What Sweatbox? Was that not us that was talking about Sweatbox? No. Oh, what it's um, it's a movie about. It's a documentary about. That they were making, what movie were they making when they were filming this documentary? Someone in the chat helped me out. I'm looking to the chat to help me out. Um, and they were following, oh, the making of a Disney, I'm sorry, I, it was on Disney Vault Talk we were talking about it. They were following the making of uh, The Emperor's New Groove. And it was this. And, and things kind of fell apart on that whole thing, and they completely right. end up redoing everything. And and this person just filmed all the way through, and I don't know that it ever really saw the light of day, from what I understand. But it someone, doesn't sound like something Disney would no, want to no, see. No, no, but I, it had one. It got it was shown one time apparently huh. in two thousand two, and it hadn't been shown since. But um, well, if you get your hands on it, let me know. Yeah, I'd like to see it, that. Too. It is very. And here's the thing: it was, uh, it was the whole thing was. Um, here, let me. Documentarian Trudy Styler takes animation fans behind the scenes of Disney's whimsical feature, The Emperor's New Groove, with her husband, renowned rock star Sting, serving as chief songwriter for the musical buddy comedy. Styler gains unparalleled access to the inner workings of Disney's legendary animation studios, and hmm. so because that movie started out as a script called Kingdom of the Sun. And it went into and it and it morphed into what was uh, the Emperor's New Groove. But anyhow, right. you, you brought up that Milius documentary, and, and that got me thinking. The sweat, but someone had told me they had Sweatbox and could get me a copy. So, well, just real quick for those, if you're not familiar with Milius, he wrote Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. He wrote and directed the Conan movie with Arnold in it. 
but he was one of the guys who was part of that little crew, Spielberg, Lucas, Coppola, um, those guys who all, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, who mm-hmm. all came up together. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about this documentary is that all those guys take part in this. So you get to, you know, he wrote when, when Spielberg was shooting Jaws. Yeah. Milius wrote the USS Indianapolis scene for him. Spielberg mentioned that scene to him and asked John to help out with that because that kind of stuff, that kind of dialogue was Mm -hmm. what John was fantastic at. And Spielberg's basically like, why wouldn't I ask my friend to help me with this? And he said that he wrote, it was basically like, I think it was like 30 pages of dialogue they wrote for that. And, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the actor who played Quint. Um, he took a look at it and he's like, I can't remember all this dialogue. So he edited it down to what we wound up seeing on the screen. But, you know, to hear George and Stephen and, and Francis Ford Coppola and Marty Scorsese and like, and Harrison Ford is in it talking about Milius and just like all these guys talking about him as a friend and him as a writer and mm-hmm. him as a filmmaker and stuff was just really, really fascinating to watch. Um, especially because, you know, you know, they're talking about George is making star Wars and he's off doing this or Spielberg's making this and he's off doing that. And so definitely for like you and I, and folks who listen to the show, I think that this is a documentary that a lot, a lot of people would find really interesting. Um, it it was on one, it was on one of the pay channels, you know, like stars or something like that. So you have those pay channels, look for it on their on demands and, I'm sure you can find it on Amazon or Netflix. Definitely worth checking out. Milius. 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 Yep. All right. So that was, uh, let's see, where were we? 10, cut, we're, 20 years yeah, ago. We're, we're, yeah, we're jumping to 15 15 years, years ago in 2001. Now here, here's, here's the love for your man. Yeah. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Not this a bad movie. This was a fun movie. It was a fun movie. There's, there's so much classic stuff in this movie. Uh there's some here's some stuff that people would love uh for me to mention uh i've got friends that that would kill me if they knew that that this had passed us by just a couple of i'm just going to bullet point them real quick the princess diaries uh and um um what was the other one i saw old jeepers creepers there are kids who were teenagers during this time who for them jeepers creepers is for them what halloween and friday the 13th is for us so gotta mention it okay um but i love jay and silent bob strike back it's funny it's uh it's kevin smith getting to do a cartoon and play with a monkey and it came as goodwill hunting too that's right (laughs) now how do you like them apples (laughs) and this is where one of mark hamill's greatest characters ever which i I don't think we can say no we don't want to do all this is a family show that's right um and then now we get to where i feel old uh 10 years ago 10 years ago 10 years ago talladega nights ricky bobby the ballad of ricky bobby i love this movie hey uh ricky shake and bake shake and bake hey ricky um how do you what listen to the stereo and watch tv at the same time why would you want to do that because i like to party Dear sweet baby Jesus, laying there in your little ghost crib, 
and gold dapper. I like to picture baby Jesus as a mischievous badger. <laughs> I like to picture Jesus with a wearing a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, I, "I'm I'm formal, but I like to party." <laughs> I'll come at you like a spider monkey, Chip. <laughs> Oh, Gary Cole is his dad. Yeah. with the cougar in the car. Oh. So much good stuff. What was the cougar's name? What did he end up naming the cougar? I don't remember the but cougar's But at one point, name. he's like, sit down. And it sits down. Oh, but when uh, when they look at their grandma, they're like, you're going to break us like a bunch of wild horses, aren't you? <laughs> oh, so good. So good. The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. August of 2006, man. Gosh. Uh... Amy, wasn't Amy Adams in that? She played the... Yeah, yeah. She played his, uh, well, his wife at the end. Yes, yes. Yeah. That was... Uh... <laughs> I need everyone to look away. We... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe that was 10 years ago. Um, and I can't believe this was five years ago. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Wow. Has it only been five years? I mean, it's only I guess. Been five years. Or has it been a full five years, I guess I should say. It's been a full five years. Came out August 2011. Man. You know, we've had a second one already, and we got a third one in the world. On the way. I was a podcaster when this came out. That's the thing. Right now, these movies that were like five, the 10 year ago movies wasn't a podcaster when those came out. But when you get that five, I'm, I, and so everything feels different as a podcast. Like, this shouldn't have been out. I was podcasting when this came out. Right. You know? uh, I hadn't been podcasting that long, but I've been doing it for about eight years now, I realized. So, wow. That's a good movie, though, by the way. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Well, and it was like a total sleeper. You know, it, yep. it came out. Nobody really expected anything from it. It's like, oh, they're doing a Planet of the Apes re remake, and mm -hmm. it's got James Franco in it. Yep. But it was really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to call myself El Diablo. It's like a Mexican for fighting chicken. <laughs> Are you just quoting Ricky, Bow Ricky Bobby stuff? <laughs> Last chance, romance for love. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> You both have beautiful kids with perfect legs, and I hope that they have some kind of accident and they can't, they never learn to walk again. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby! <laughs> uh, I love John C. Riley too. Yes. Oh, so good in that movie. So good in that movie. I call myself Magic Man. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty. Why am I talking to you? You took my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude uh, now i'm gonna end up watching that one now what was the other one i said i need to watch that old 10 cloverfield lane i'm gonna do a yes. double feature 10 cloverfield lane and the battle and the ballad of ricky bobby you might need the ballad of ricky bobby after 10 cloverfield oh, lane. is it disturbing uh it could be oh yeah. man i yeah, don't want to be part disturbed. of the, the fun of the movie I don't want to be disturbed. I don't want to say too much. Speaking, I don't want to spoil. Speaking of not wanting to spoil anything, and I'm, I still don't want to spoil it too much, but dude, last weekend, you kept giving me updates, 
like you spent a work day watching and uh, you weren't at work but it was the extent of a work day last weekend watching i tore through all eight episodes on saturday stranger I mean, thankfully it was a rainy miserable day here yeah. and i was just like because i i knew that you had watched it mm-hmm. i i didn't listen to the end of the geek out loud that you did where yeah. you, you you know spoiler warning and so i'm like all right i'm gonna stop it um and then i was talking to my nephews and they had watched it and really liked it and my nephews will spoil everything. Right. So I'm like, all right, you guys got to stop talking about it. I promise you I will watch it. And uh, folks, we're talking about Stranger Things. Yeah, Stranger Things. Um, so Saturday, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to give this a shot. Uh, got into the first episode. I'm like, I-, I freaking love this show. And I just, you know, I couldn't stop watching it. Yep. And basically after every two episodes, I would text you. I would text the nephews. Um, that I was watching this and I was loving it. It's all that we have talked about in the office this week. Well, at least until Pokey Rock this morning. <laughs> it's um, so good, a man. A bunch of people in the office had watched it already, and because we're all talking about it, now other people are watching it and coming back in and talking about it. Yeah. Um, I, like, this is how obsessed I became with it. Like, I started like date-checking stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, thing poster in the background. You know, what year did that come right. out? Because the too. show takes place November 1983. Yeah, I was doing so the same thing. I'm like date checking the stuff. And they were like spot they were spot on with everything except for one thing. And that was? Um, somebody on io9, they wrote a great post about how amazingly accurate all the cars were in the mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Except for Barb's. Barb's Volkswagen is a 1988 oh. model. Um, well, but everything else, you know, the Pinto yeah. and the, the, the trailblazer and all that yeah. stuff. Well, I'll like, tell you this, you, there, there was one other little thing that got wrong and I've what? mentioned this on the show and I'll mention it again when she's hovering that millennium Falcon it was the wrong model. It's a 2004. That's uh, what I model. Yeah. Yeah. But I got to tell you that millennium Falcon scene was so painful. Cause I'm just like, I'm like, stop dropping the millennium Falcon. <laughs> I was getting so angry. Well, he was the trying kids. to. They're just. I'm like, do you really stop dropping it? Yeah, but you know what? Those things could take a licking and keep on kick, ticking uh, back still, in the thing. Like I was the kid who never had the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm like, you're not appreciating. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, but that was a 2004 original trilogy collection. Uh, I, I version. thought that might be. The case. I didn't catch the car. I'd, I'll have to go back and check that out. The the Yoda action figure. I'm not sure if that was uh, year accurate either. When did, I, I don't remember seeing the Yoda action figure. They, he's like he's showing her Yoda at one point in one of the scenes, and because remember, like that first the Empire Strikes Back Yoda was really tiny and it had like the snake on him and yeah. the cane mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, this Yoda action figure looked a little too big. Um. Yeah, I have to go back and I mean, I'm I'm actually I am going to go back and rewatch the show. But uh, I remember the point I, you're talking I'm about. But that would have stuck. That would have definitely stuck out to me had it not been something you could have gotten in the '80s. Yeah. So I just I gotta say, Stranger Things, all eight episodes, mm-hmm. the best stuff I've watched all year. It's so good. It's better than any movie that I've seen. Yeah. It's better than any other TV show I've seen. It is just phenomenally good. Yeah. I, I, and have, it's good because it is so genuine. It's like. It's real. Like, you know, the the characters and everything, they all just felt so real. Well, it feels like, again, if it, if it were not for Winona Ryder in this Wait. thing... Uh-oh, what happened to you? Where'd you go? 
Did we lose Arish? We lost Arish. Arish hung up on me. Oh, man. We're going to get Arish back here. Hello? What happened? I dropped my phone. <laughs> dropped my phone. Because I'm all plugged in. My phone was dead, so I'm plugged nice. into the wall. Well, I was, I what I was saying. I and stuff, and I, I knocked something. What's funny is you go, you go, wait! And, uh, <laughs> and then you're gone. No, what I was saying is, is you were talking about the authenticity of this thing and how everything looked. Had it not been for Winona Ryder being in this thing and being the age that she is, and that's not a slight. I'm just saying, had a grown-up Winona Ryder, I would have thought this is a mo this is something they found from the '80s and just decided to put on Netflix. Yeah, like it's it's so it feels like it stepped right out of 1983 for real. But like just the the four boys mm -hmm. are not they were not straight out of Hollywood cast. Exactly, exactly. You know, they just they looked like the four geeky kids at that school that would get bullied. Mm -hmm. Um. Yep. You know, and, and the casting of Eleven, she was fantastic, and just what a great little actress too. Um, I was just so impressed across the board with everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the a... story was fun. You know, I, half the time I couldn't wait to find out what was going to happen next and find out more about the Upside Down and everything. So, and I'm trying not to spoil anything yeah. here. Um, well, but yeah, just I can't wait for. And they haven't even announced it yet, but come on, they're making Fuller House season two. They better make Stranger Things. <laughs> well, they've been saying two. like I just saw where the the head of Netflix said they'd be stupid not to do a season two. The they haven't got this kind of buzz for one of their shows in ages. Not since the Marvel stuff. Not since you know a couple of years ago with Dare with the first season of Daredevil. Yeah, um, yeah, but they. I'm telling you what that whole. It is it, it, right down to the title treatment, the the opening credit sequence, man, with the with the dust blemishes put in there and everything like over the film and the and once the letters kind of get settled in, there's that little bit of a shake to it. Um, yep. Because the way they used to do the optical plates and everything, like I heard someone talking about this one time in a movie commentary, the way they do the optical plates is they didn't have the things on the side to keep everything steady the way that a film reel does. And so there, right. so you'd get that little bit of a shake. Um, and there wasn't much they could do about it, you know, pre-computer days. So, because they used to do these things on optical plates and reel, and they just, they had all that, and it was fantastic. The minute that show started, the opening credits, I'm like, I was into it, you know, with the, with the kid getting kidnapped and everything, or getting taken or whatever. But then when that show started to come on in that first show, I'm like, oh, I'm in. I am in. The minute you just see a red line across the screen, and I'm like, oh, that's going to make the letter A. Yes. Right. <laughs> I was well, so and just there. The, 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 the Stranger Things title logo itself was, you know, it had a very 80s Stephen King yeah, kind of book it, cover. Exactly. Feel to it. Yes. Yes. Uh, um. I got to say, the one thing that it's really made me want to see now is I want to go back and watch those old amazing stories. Mm -hmm. Weren't those on Netflix for a minute? Were they? I, I, I don't know. Like, it just, it, it, it kind of rekindled that sort of nostalgia yeah. for me. Yeah, those were great shows, those amazing stories. They they ran the gamut from scary to funny. The one that sti What is one that sticks out most in your mind, really quick, before we go? Uh, the one where they're in the bomber. And, and the the you know the guys stuck in the the gun pod underneath and mm -hmm. they can't get the landing gear down. Mm -hmm. 
and he winds up like he's an illustrator and he winds up drawing the cartoon landing gear. Yes. Yes. Um, that was one that Spielberg directed. And you know who the pilot of the bomber was? Mm-mm. Kevin Costner. Oh, nice. Nice. It is. I believe it is on Netflix still. Let's see. Um, I, the one I remember the most is when, um, there was a there was a girl or who had a crush on a guy or a guy yeah and she became magnetic and he became magnetic but he was like the super cool guy and she was the nerdy girl and it ended I up with them just kind of getting pulled together at the end um there was that one of course wasn't mark didn't mark hamill have the episode of being the old collector i think so yeah yeah so um that was a great show out of the 80s well i thought it was on netflix i don't maybe it's not Maybe let me let me do a search here because it's not it's showing up but it's not showing up. It's not letting me click on it. Amazing. Tell me my amazing stories. No, it's not. Daggum it. It used to be. Somebody's got to put it out. Yeah. Mm. Just the talent that was involved in that. I mean, you had Spielberg directing episodes. You had uh, Bob Zemeckis directing episodes. Toby Hooper. You had a lot of actors who are going to be familiar to people today that were in these because it was the start of their careers. Yep. John Williams did the theme music for the show. Mm-hmm. Season one is available on DVD. You can get it at Amazon.com. Use oh. those links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. There we go. There we go. That's what I'm going to have to do. So, um, but it's just DVD, so be ready to be. Oh, wait. Amazing. Oh, uh, currently unavailable. This is a cool-looking box set of them, but it's not available. Um, So, anyhow. Well, dude, I'm glad that you dug Stranger Things because I've dug it, and it seems to be universally loved, especially in people kind of in our age range and wheelhouse. Because it was me growing up. I didn't play D&D, but I did all the other things that those kids were doing. Well, you You know. know, I, I I was me and, like, the, my two or three other friends that were kind of the outcasts in the school that were getting picked on by the idiot older kids. You know, we would ride our bikes everywhere. Our moms never knew what we were doing. Mm-hmm. We were always like geeking out, talking about yep. Star Wars or G.I. Joe or whatever. Yep. Like that was me. That, I, was thir- I was the same age as those boys yep. in November 1983. 13 years old. That's what we were doing. That's why, like, I just immediately identified with that show. Well, I wasn't their age, and that's what we were doing. I, you know, in 1986 and or 1983, I was six years old. But, man, it just, uh, it took me so back to just being, you know, six to eight years old where we would ride our bikes around and talk about, oh, my gosh. Loved it so much. But anyhow, yeah. love that era so much. Well, uh, dude, I think that's going to do it for us. I think, I think that's going to wrap us up, man. Good show. Good it times. was a good show. Fun stuff. Good good to have you back. Uh, now, when is New York Comic Con? Uh, early to mid-October. Yeah. So. I saw on the Twitter today that it looks like the Blanton kids might be coming up. we got to get you to come up, my brother. Uh, you know what? That may be... i got mo- a couch for you to crash on. Oh, well, you know what, dude? It may end up being more doable than you think. So, we'll see. We'll see what we'll happens. Talk. I'll be seeing the I'll be seeing the kids. I'll be seeing the kids around Monday, so I'll find out what their plans are. I will do so. I will do so. Uh, In the meantime, everyone, we thank you for joining us. Those who joined us live at mixer.com slash goliverse and those who are listening via the podcast, we thank you 
for your support just by listening you support us and if you want to support us a little bit more you can go over to itunes and leave ratings and reviews for us there and uh, if you want to support the shows financially we'd love for you to do so and we welcome you at patreon.com slash geek out loud all different types of uh reward tiers and everything for you to uh to donate at and and we appreciate your help there uh, patreon.com slash geek out loud also as we mentioned at the top of the show the amazon links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com now paired along with think geek links use those links to do your shopping at think geek at amazon there's also an entertainment earth link or two there you can use those as well all great ways to help the shows out and when you shop at those places through those links it tremendously helps us out especially with a think geek let's let them know they made the right choice by becoming an affiliate of geek out loud and the goaliverse we appreciate your support that way so much if you want to talk to us between shows you can do so on twitter at geek out loud i'm at steve glosson erish is at darth underscore duff and you can follow the entire goaliverse at goaliverse facebook.com slash geek out loud is the facebook page there's a question over there right now, a post about the blog at geekoutonline.com to get your thoughts about. So if you don't mind answering that and uh, kind of give me a little guidance as to what would be readable for you guys. We're trying to get that blog back up and running. And then uh, also the email is geekoutonline at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We didn't get the emails this time, but we will on the next episode. I guarantee you that. Until next time, for Erish, I'm Steve Glosson. We'll see you on the next Geek Out Loud.